Leg down. And thank you, Dr. Pepper, and thank you, Chancellor, or Dr. Paper. I learned about kids jumping on my lap, and I love kids jumping on my lap. Now, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. Alrighty, welcome back, Financial Guys Radio Show. Mike Sparaza, Stefan Mahailu in for Mike and Glenn today. Well-deserved week off for Mike and Glenn. Stefan, you were uh, at the booth last week as well. That's right. I yeah. think you're going to have to give me an office or a cubicle here at least. And you're back. Congratulations I, on your baby girl. I am back, ready to go. Uh, I missed you guys last week, but thanks for letting me call in. That was fun. Did you keep the receipt for the baby? I did. We're keeping her, though. We're keeping her. She, I think it's she, 90 days. She, she's a keeper, that one. So she's sleeping well. Everybody say a prayer for me. Who knows how long that'll last. Yeah, Everybody's but you're good. using NyQuil, so you're cheating a little I, bit. Uh, I might be cheating a little bit. But but hey, uh, mom and mom and baby are still healthy, so we're, we're, we're happy there. And glad to be back behind the booth here today. And we have... A huge, huge show. A lot going on, folks. I'm telling you, you're going to want to listen straight through from 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock. Uh, coming up, we're going to have the trans takeover of the Orchard Park School District. I can't even, not even believe that we're talking about Orchard Park and a trans takeover policy in that school district. Yeah, I, I know we have a guest coming up on that, so it'll be interesting to hear from her. And um, I, I, I kind of talked to you this morning about it because I wasn't sure if I was hearing it correctly, and I did. And it's pretty amazing that that is happening in schools right by us. I mean, it's 20 minutes from our office. It certainly is. We're going to talk about the Paul Pelosi hammer attack. Uh, Erie County Legislator Jim Malchewski has introduced a gas stove ban petition, so you can tell exactly what you feel to Kathy Hochul about that one. And then speaking of the governor, she doubled down on a COVID vaccine for healthcare workers. You're not going to want to miss what she said about that. And then a very bizarre one you're going to hear from very shortly. Jane Fonda, surprise, surprise, blames climate change on racism. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what isn't racist anymore, and that, that's what's so sad. It, it's, it's the way they do this now, Stefan, they just downplay racism. It, that's really what it is. You're, you're downplaying racism when you say everything is racism. Well, you're trying to fit a you know, square peg into a round hole. I mean, speaking of that, you know, liberal lunatics, they have absolutely lost their minds. I mean, some, including Van Jones from CNN, he's falsely claiming that racism, racism is the reason why five black, black, Memphis police officers uh, tragically beat and killed Tyree Nichols. Racism. Black police officers horrifically beating and, and, and killing a, a, a fellow black citizen. Yet that is racism. Yeah, I, I don't I don't really understand the narrative they're going with there. Obviously, I mean, Stefan, you said it. Tragic that that happened. Tragic that that five police officers did that to an African-American man. And to be honest with you, those guys are going to get what's coming to them, those cops, right? They already have been arrested. They've already been fired. Um, this is this is a problem for them, and rightfully so. They should be jailed for that. They should be put away for a long time for that. You cannot do that whether you're a police officer or you're somebody on the street. You cannot be doing that to people. And, and the voice of reason through all of the just noise that's coming out about this uh, just horrific tragedy, Mark Claxton, uh, he's African-American. He's the director of the Black Law Enforcement Alliance. He correctly stated that a lack of humanity, not racism, is to blame. Each and every individual uh, a city official officer there failed miserably at, at just having human decency. No one intervened. No one stopped their colleagues uh, who were so, uh, uh, they got exhausted from beating him. And he's a hundred percent correct. Like the the lunatic left fringe so badly wants to make 
this tragedy about racism. But how the hell do you do that if there were five black officers killing and beating a a fellow African-American man? Well, the first thing they do, and this happened to me already on Twitter like 15 times with this issue, is, well, you don't understand racism and what systemic racism means. And that's their narrative, Stefan. We don't understand what that means. What, What I see here is five bad police officers doing something they shouldn't be doing just like a bad doctor over prescribing medication or a bad financial planner stealing somebody's money not all of them are bad these are five bad officers and they deserve to be right where they are right now without a job and being arrested and potentially jailed here very soon that is what's going to happen and that's what we need to keep doing with things like this not making excuses to say you see this is all racism that doesn't help the situation it's race baiting it makes it worse actually you had riots last night you saw those some of those cars in new york city the police cars being you know stomped on and the the, the windows being busted out that is not the answer violence is never going to fix it rioting looting i saw a sporting goods store looted Right, right in one of these cities. What's the point of that? That's not going to help anything. Right. There's no justice in, in looting and burning down police cars and being angry. And you're right. The, the, the wheels of justice will turn. These five African-American law enforcement officials will face the long arm of the law themselves and justice. They will be, unless they take a plea deal, they will go on trial and a jury of their peers will determine whether or not they're guilty or not guilty. That's the process. Um, Even Governor Kemp in Georgia, I give him a lot of credit. He was basically lining up the National Guard before during the day, saying if there's going to be violent protests, you know what, we're not going to wait until after the fact to bring in law enforcement or the National Guard, we're going to bring them in right now. And that's a good point, Stefan, because I saw somebody, I forgot who it was, made a comment that said, why does this need to get released, this video, at 8 o'clock or 6 o'clock or whatever it was on a Friday night? Like, why do we do, you're setting yourselves up for these long nights of rioting and burning down in your cities, right? This stuff should be put out. I don't care when it is, but not don't set yourself up for failure. And that's what this release of this video was. It should absolutely be released. Those cops should be fired. There's no excuse for it. But why are we releasing that at six, seven o'clock on a Friday night? Well, and, and it was interesting too the timing of the release of the Paul Pelosi hammer, hammer attack on the same day that right. these videos are released. I mean, even, you know, you talk about Project Veritas and their expose on Pfizer. Pfizer releases their response at like eight o'clock on Friday night during the middle of this uh, release. But I think it's just outrageous. It is beyond outrageous that the radical left and Democrats so badly want to make this tragedy about racism. And it absolutely positively is not. Now, look, I also defend law enforcement. Not these officers, not these five Memphis police officers, but police officers have no idea every single day when they hug their kids goodbye, when they hug their wife or husband goodbye, they have no idea whether or not they're going to come home alive at the end of every single shift. Their job is to risk their lives and put their lives on the line every single day to protect us and keep our families safe. So I'm taking a 30,000-foot view statement here about law enforcement that, you know what, walk a mile in their shoes. People who don't work in law enforcement, myself included, have no idea the challenges, the stressors, and just how hard it is to be a police officer in 2023. But here's the other thing, too. It's no different than, you know, the way we critique the bills or Josh Young. You can criticize police officers without putting down 
every police officer in the world, right? We can say these five individuals were very bad at their job and probably shouldn't have been police officers. And that type of attitude towards towards people in society, that type of, of uh, treatment of people in society is not good and can't happen. We can be critical, in my opinion, of police officers when they do stuff like that. Does that mean that every police officer in Buffalo and Rochester, New York City, is that way? Of course it doesn't. To me, it's again, it's no different than... There are so many great doctors out there that take care of their patients, but then there's one bad one who gives overprescribes oxycontin to his his uh, his patient, and then we say every doctor's bad. We would never do that. God bless people in law enforcement, in all of our first responders, whether you're police, fire, EMS. God bless those people for the the work they put in every single day, keeping us safe and risking their lives. You know, and as far as those five officers are concerned, they were placed under arrest. They're facing charges. They will, unless they plead guilty, go to trial. A jury will determine their guilt or innocence. And more than likely, you know, based on past cases, they will spend a lot of time in prison for potentially committing a crime. That's exactly how the wheels of justice will turn. That's how we receive justice by these officers are accused of killing and breaking the law and they will spend a significant amount of time in prison if found guilty that's how the system works and they should and they should all right folks we're coming up against a quick break here i did want to plug an upcoming seminar here estate planning transferring wealth uh my father charlie Sparaz and anthony zeffler in our office will be doing that on february 8th 6 15 p.m in person and online Register on thefinancialguys.com slash events. Again, if you need us throughout the week, too, 833-FINGUYS. Loaded show. You do not want to turn that dial today. Mike Sparaza, Stefan Mahailu, in for Mike and Glenn. We will be right back. All righty, welcome back. Financial Guys Media Network, Mike Sparaza, Stefan Mahailu. Stefan, before the break, we were talking a little bit about uh, the Tyree Nichols arrest and I guess we'll call it beatdown by the, the Memphis police officers. Just horrible, horrible stuff. But the left can't just talk about the problem at hand, which was five bad police officers. They have to immediately go to, it is racist, everybody's racist, America's inherently racist, racism, 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 racism. How is it possible that this is about racism when the five police officers are black and the victim is black? The five officers are African-American and the left so badly, they don't give a damn. They don't give a damn about uh, Tyree Nichols in any way, shape, or form. They care about their narrative of blasting Republicans, blasting Donald Trump, blasting conservatives by saying, ah, this is racism through and through. I mean, look, I mean, Van Jones, CNN, says this is about racism. I mean, (laughs) we're going to play this clip for you right now. I mean, this is how out of touch the loony left is. You know, this is, you know, Jane Fonda. You know, Hanoi Jane, you remember her during the Vietnam War. I mean, she went so far on one of the, the daily talk shows shows to talk about that racism causes climate change. You can take anything, sexism, racism, misogyny, homophobia, whatever, the war, and if you really get into it and study it and learn about it and the history of it and the, everything's connected, there'd be no climate crisis if it wasn't for racism. I don't think the sun knows who's racist and who's not, or planet Earth knows that stuff. I really don't think so. But it's amazing. She threw all the buzzwords out there in that little rant, that 17 seconds, right? Misogynistic, racist, sexist. All they have 
is this fear-mongering of language. That's all the left has. It's all they have. And climate change, my God. You know, over the billions of years of existence, the planet has been warm. The planet's been cold. Yep. We've had an ice age. I mean, you know, speaking of an ice age, a few decades ago, just a few decades ago, scientists were warning us that there's going to be another ice age and that the entire planet would be covered in ice. Yep. Now it's on the opposite end of the spectrum. That Now we're, you know, the, the Al Gore is telling us that the oceans are so, so warm that you can pull out a fish and eat it. It's going to, you know, the, <laughs> the oceans are going to be boiling. I mean, it's so outrageous on the issue of of climate change. Again, climate change is caused by racism. Just think of how what a lunatic, how loony that premise is that, you know, the sun in our existence for billions of years, billions of years we've been in existence. And yet all of a sudden now in the past 40 years, racism here on Earth is changing the sun and changing its course, and that's what's causing supposed climate change. We do have a special guest here, Stefan. I am going to ask him his thoughts on uh, climate change being caused by, by racism here. We have uh, one of our guys from our office, Russ Geyser, uh, a financial planner here at the Financial Guys. Great guy. Russ, you live with us? Yeah, I am. How are you guys? So tell hey, me Russ. a little bit about climate change, Russ, and, and, and the racism that, that causes this climate change epidemic we have. Because I heard that when you don't plan for your retirement, that causes climate change. That definitely. It's funny that, Stefan, you actually were saying about talking about the ice age. You know, at one point we were covered by ice. I tell my son all the time, I said, you know, the earth has gotten warmer before before any of us were actually here. You know, we were at the Great Lakes were created by ice sheets and those have receded. So, you know, it's not our car driving down the highway. It's uh, just the, the earth doing what the earth does. And, Russ, if I don't have racism. En- yeah, and if I don't have enough in my retirement, I'm just going to blame racism and climate change. And you, That's Russ. That's the easy way to go. We'll, we'll blame you too, Russ. Tell us a little bit about. I know we we want to talk today about ten things people need to do to be successful in retirement. Yeah, you know I, I won't hit all ten, but I think I just want to outline a couple things, especially with the new year starting. Um, it, the first thing is really you have to have a plan, and what I mean by that is try to understand what retirement looks like to you in a dollar figure. What is it going to cost for you and your family? every year to um, basically live the life that you want to live Um, and back into it from there, you know, using someone, uh, getting help from someone to develop that plan and the action steps to take to start to save and best to get there uh, is important as well. Yeah, I think I think that's part of it with with all the things that we do at this office. Not having a plan, Russ, it doesn't matter what you're doing in life, right? I mean, you just need to have one and, and, when should people start to plan that? Should it be when they're in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s? When do people start to plan and actively look at retirement? You know, most people that come and sit with me um, coming up with a retirement plan specifically, they're late 50s. But I would I would argue it's before, actually, high school seniors probably going to college because what I'm seeing is, and I have clients in this situation, is uh, the, the student loan debt crisis. And that impacts your retirement plan because when you have a hundred thousand student loan debt coming out of college, you have to kind of get rid of that first, and that puts you back quite a number of years, especially if you're in a job that doesn't pay, uh, you know, doesn't have super high-paying wages. So, so really, te- the earlier the better. So you're telling me, Russ, that the uh, my two hundred fifty thousand dollar degree in hieroglyphics. 
is, is not going to help me pay back a hundred grand in the job that I'm going to get. That's so funny. Hey, Russ, I want to talk about the consequences of not doing that, of not planning. You mentioned that is such a critical component when it comes to retirement. What are some of the unfortunate consequences other than working at Walmart when you're 85 that you don't see people like you or call the financial guys and say, I am going to plan ahead of time? Well, I think the biggest one is is time. If you start way too late, you know, the biggest, the, probably the most important commodity is time because when you're talking about compound interest, uh, if you invest, the earlier you invest and the more you put away for retirement, the more time you have to let that compound and so it's just super important to get started early with that. You can't get time back. And so other than, you know, increasing the amount you're investing, if you just have uh, start early enough with a plan and you, the more time you have, you know, that you can't get that back. And so you let the power of compound interest really work for you. Russ, uh, Stefan, again, I mean, look, even, you know, yours truly. You know, my wife has student loans. We have kids, very young kids. You know, the economy, you're spending $57 for a dozen eggs. A lot of folks yeah. may say, you know what? I don't even want to make the call to a guy like Ross at the Financial Guys because right now I, I, I just can't afford it. Eggs are expensive. Inflation, gas. What would you say to folks about even stashing away 50 bucks a month or 100 bucks a month or something towards your retirement so you've got at least an account and a plan? You know that's that's a good point, um, but there are other there are other short term goals and objectives that are, could be important to get out of the way, such as reducing the amount of debt you have and the amount of that you owe other people. It's just super important um, that you keep as much as you uh, you keep most of what you bring in, uh, because your income is your biggest wealth building tool. So you know I wouldn't discourage anyone from coming in to kind of at least see where they're at and. Um, to come up with a short-term and a long-term plan for their finances and retirement. Super important. Russ, real quick before we let you go, how do people find those shorts that you've been doing, you, you, those little videos you've been creating? Because those are really fantastic, and I think a lot of people would learn a lot by listening to those. Oh, yeah. yeah um, they can visit my LinkedIn page, uh, linkedin.com slash russgeyser3, um, or on YouTube. They can just Google uh, You can just Google Russ's Money Shorts, and those will pop up there. Yeah, just quick little tidbits of – uh, commonly talked about uh, financial uh, items that, uh, you know, the, the point is to get it, get the information to you in just a couple minutes rather than uh, going on and on and on. Russ, thanks so much for joining us. Folks, if you need Russ throughout the week, 833-FINGUYS. He is in our Buffalo office. Russ, I do know you work in the Rochester office from time to time as well too, right? Yep, and Batavia, so I'm, I'm all over. All right, perfect. Russ, have a great weekend. All right, you too. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Russ. Yeah, it's it's critically important. I mean, I know in uh, in this area, a lot of folks who work for government don't even think about it because they mm-hmm. say, oh, I'm getting yep. this government pension. You know, I, I clock in my 20 years. I mean, anyone who works in the public sector knows to the to the minute to the day when they can retire right. to get that government pension. But, you know, for 90 percent of the population, it's not the case. And, and I think I think this is a, a, before we go to breaks on a, a bigger a bigger thing to talk about. Planning for your own success and your own retirement is something that we should talk about more in society instead of the opposite, which is what we talk about. Everything's unfair. You're not going to ever be able to be on your own and make it on your own or have money or own a business or do whatever. We need to go back to here's how it, here's how you get successful, right? Starting at a young age. Maybe it's college. Maybe it's a trade school. Maybe you open your own business as a college or a high school kid. 
Then it's what do you need to do to survive to have a family, to have a spouse, to retire one day. We've gone the exact opposite. And even in high schools, in high schools right now, they're talking about transgender policies where they're not talking about, hey, kids, here's how you become financially independent. Here's how you open a checking account. Just the basics of paying taxes, opening a checking account, financial planning. That's not talked about in high school. But they're talking about um, highly sexualized books, grooming, and even transgender issues here at home. Yep. Not just across the country. You're seeing these stories pop up all the time of highly inappropriate books being in uh, public schools for grooming uh, young kids. Trans policies. No one's talking about financial planning or the trades or actually how to build a life. This is what they're talking about in schools. And we're going to hold that over. Don't turn the dial, folks. We're going to get into that topic next. We're coming up against a hard break here. You do not want to miss our, our next conversation, we'll call it, Stefan, and then our guests coming up next to talk about what's going on in the Orchard Park School District. Again, folks, need us throughout the week. If you need Russ Geyser, 833-FIN-GUYS. We will be right back. Media Network, Mike Sparaza, Stefan Mahailu in today for Mike and Glenn. I do want to pitch real quick, Stefan. You had a great podcast this week. You and Ann from our office, you guys were on Tuesday this week. Mike and Glenn, as always, on Wednesdays, and then Hayflick and I actually were a day behind this week. We were on Friday, but um, Mike and, and you, Stefan, had a great interview. We're going to get into it in a minute here, but but it was on this topic of, and by the way, those podcasts can be found on financialguysmedia.com. Um, the, the, the trans takeover in Orchard Park schools, it's a very, very, very interesting thing going on right now not only in western new york but across the country and it was uh first discussed on the financial media guys network podcast so in orchard park schools they passed this policy in december just before christmas the district will allow a transgender and they call it gnc gender non-conforming students to use restrooms and locker rooms to whatever they identify sleepovers and field trips if you take a sleepover and identify as female you can shack up in the same hotel room as long as the district says okay phys ed classes students are going to be able to participate in intramurals and sports whatever their gender identity is the school will even change records based on how the student identifies themselves and then single occupancy bathroom facilities are going to be gender neutral so you mentioned the podcasts and uh lauren fox is uh an orchard park parent she's also a teacher she called into the financial guys media network podcast where her and mike lomas both blasted this new trans-friendly policy for orchard park schools you are a sick form of sick when you think it's a good idea for for men to be walking into a female bathroom or a locker room just because they identify as such. You are a sick puppy. I'm sorry. There's You are mentally ill if you think this is a good idea. Well, it's frightening. One of my children is, is a girl. I have a daughter, and she's an athlete, and I think about her in the future with competing in sports at the high school level. There's stories all around the country. There's been assaults in bathrooms in public schools. There was a girl in North Carolina who's suffering um, vision problems and long-term concussion problems because a biological boy slammed a volleyball in her face. So it's very concerning. Yes, yes, it is concerning. And and we're going to go to the live line now. We have Jackie Best on the line, Moms for Liberty, Erie County, New York, chapter chairwoman. Jackie, how are you today? Good, guys. How are you? Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday to you, too. So what is your initial reaction to the policy here in the Orchard Park School District? Well, it wasn't surprising seeing where our state is going. 
Um, but what was surprising, as Lauren said, was uh, on the podcast a few days ago, was how quickly it was passed, how there wasn't much conversation about it. Um, and then actually, as we looked more into it, how many other districts either already have this, a similar policy or are doing the same. So, Jackie, this is Stefan here. I know you're a Hamburg mom, kids in the district, and I know there's been a lot of controversy, not just in Hamburg, but all school districts across Erie County and the country, for that matter, when it comes to uh, indoctrination about books that are in certain districts. You know, as a mom, how concerned are you that our school districts, whether it's Orchard Park or Hamburg or anywhere else in Erie County, are, are basically focusing on issues of transgender or what kind of woke books they're putting in the library. Absolutely. It's it's one of those snowball type of things where the more we uncover, um, unfortunately, the more we uncover the next day. And specifically with the book situation, I don't get too far into it, but as you guys know, I was on a few months ago that started um, with my own child in ninth grade and a, a list he was given of books. And then it just sort of snowballed. We started to um, be sent, really, or, or find on social media other books that um, were sexually explicit, many involved rape, um, sexual abuse, um, and many have pictures in them, so they're graphic novels. And I would take these books, and we actually started, um, in our Moms for Liberty chapter, we started a spreadsheet of all of the 28 or 29 districts in Erie County, because our chapter is um, the entire county. We started a list of books, and we would go in and we um, look into each district because they have their libraries online, and we would search the titles. And I would literally sit there and press search and cross my fingers that that book would not be there. Um, and lo and behold, they're there. Um, and we started to really realize which districts were, quote, unquote, the worst, um, with Orchard Park being one of the top three, probably, that has most of these books. Um, and so it's happening right under our noses. Um, it's been happening for years. And, of course, as we bring this up to each district, we're being met with, you know, harassment and hate speech against us because how dare we, you know, want, not, you know, how dare we take away these books, uh, you know, of, of children performing sex acts on each other and so forth. I can't even believe we're having the conversation, but here we are. I mean, you know, one of the points that Mike and I just discussed was just the education of children in our schools. Uh, I think it would be important to have financial literacy taught in our schools. But on your social media page and Moms for Liberty, you shared some of the Hamburg test scores when it comes to the, uh, I mean, the basics of test scores in Hamburg. Uh, and they appeared to be somewhat lower than a lot of other standards. So as a parent, is it your perspective that, you know what, stop focusing on these trans issues, stop focusing on grooming and indoctrination of books, why don't school boards just focus on reading, writing, math, arithmetic, things of that nature? Absolutely. Um, it was actually Moms for Liberty of Monroe County right next door that had started to post that um, the 2021-2022 data for New York State um, schools had been released. It takes a little bit of time. And so you can go right on to, I believe it's data.nyced.com, N-Y-S-E-D.com. And you can look up your district and it shows you the test scores. So I, you know, they, I don't know who thinks that we just get this information handed to us, but I literally sat there and looked up my district in Hamburg. And then I said, well, why don't I go to Frontier? Because that's right next door and Orchard Park and West Seneca. And then I looked at some up in the North Towns as well, Clarence and Williamsville. And um, absolutely. I mean, we weren't doing great before COVID. I'll tell you that because you can look up every year. So I went back to 2018. It wasn't great before COVID, but 
I really don't understand after COVID and after they've actually come out, you know, thankfully and said, wow, you know, virtual was a mistake and all of these other things, why we are still spending so much time with, um, you know, equality and, and um, the DEI stuff and SEL. Um, I, I was interested when I first saw Hamburg had a 33% proficiency for grade three students in ELA. I thought 33%, that's horrible, but maybe I'm missing something. So let me go compare. Well, Frontier has 44%. Orchard Park has 66%. So, you know, obviously 33% is pretty bad. So what what is going on, um, not just in Hamburg, but all over, again, that there's so much attention to all of this um, LGBTQ curriculum and so forth, but not on the basics that, that really are going to affect our children in the long run. And Jackie, that, that's my next question. So I haven't been in high school for, uh, to, gosh, 13 years now, and middle school was another 16, whatever it was. So I, what am I missing here? That this stuff was never going on when I was in high school. Like a guy going into a girl's bathroom when I was in high school 10, 12, 15 years ago was never even a conversation. Sleeping in the same hotel room with a female on a school trip would never, ever, ever happen no matter what was going on in the world. What is right. happening? And I thought one of the really interesting things that I've talked to to Lauren Fox about um, that was on a couple of days with you guys again was um, that a lot of the Orchard Park parents who were speaking up, one of their main questions I thought was so realistic. And it was, okay, if you guys are going to say that you're going to allow a male into a female bathroom, what is the, the length of time that this child would have to be identifying as non-binary or as trans, meaning can they just literally come in one day and say, I'm, I'm a boy and now I'm a girl, and, and they immediately get access, or is there a period of time where they have to prove? And I think that's a really realistic question because literally any child could go in, wear a skirt one day or vice versa, and you know harass or abuse someone in a bathroom we're not saying that all students if they are actually uh, have gender dysphoria are are a threat to our children and that's where it's being misconstrued but there are people there are children and adults you know in other in prisons we've seen this that are going to take advantage of what's trying to be you know equality and they're going to abuse other people by it so again why can't we say well you have to be you know, showing this gender identity for a period of time before you're all of a sudden allowed to use a different bathroom or go on a trip. Can you imagine? I have a daughter. Can you imagine? And I mean, guess what? If I was in high school and I had a boyfriend, oh, why don't you say you're trans so that we can be in the same room together? I mean, come on. Right. And that's that's an actual policy. That's a, that's a written and passed policy. I mean, you know, and Jackie, you mentioned, you know, you having a daughter, I have daughters. I mean, what about even the issue of athletics? You know, at the collegiate Absolutely. level, you've got Leah Thomas, who's competing as a man. Don't you feel as though as a parent that th having biological boys compete in girls sports will basically destroy, destroy the opportunities for young girls and young women to participate in their own sport? Absolutely. And and I, like Lauren, have the same question. Where are the feminists? I mean, it's just crazy. And you know what's really funny, too? They came out and said, well, you know, they're trying to show that there's no biological difference between males and females and that, therefore, they, you know, boys can compete in girls' sports. Do you notice how there's not, I don't know of any girls that are choosing to compete in boys' sports? I wonder why that is. Why do you have no, you know, girl softball players wanting to play baseball or basketball players wanting to play with the guys? Because they would get creamed. They, there's no, 
there's no reason. So it's just absolutely ridiculous. And, and, Jackie, and it's going to lead, as Lauren said, to, to someone getting hurt, like the volleyball player that she referenced. And Jackie, I was just going to say, I'm going to go back to, again, me in high school 10, 15 years ago. The big thing then was Title IX, right? It was giving females equal opportunity in sports and everything in, 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 in any sport or, or extracurricular activity, having equal opportunity. A short 10 to 15 years later, nobody cares about female sports anymore, apparently. Yeah. And it's interesting because um, a lot of these families that are fighting against us, these progressive families or, or whoever they are, these groups, they'll say, you know, well, you aren't for all students because if you were, you know, you would support these these policies. How how could they say that they're for all students when, you know, you're going against the worldview and the morals and values of many, many families that are not okay with this happening, that do not want, you know, boys in their daughter's bathroom. So by trying to say, you know, you're making it equal for this small but small minority of um, trans students, you're putting all the other students not only at risk, but they're uncomfortable. It's just not, it makes no sense. That's uh, Jackie Best, Moms for Liberty, Erie County, New York chapter chairwoman. Jackie, where can folks find you uh, on the Google machine or on social media? Yeah, thank you so much. So if everyone goes to momsforliberty.org, that is the national website. There is a map right there. You can click your county to find um, and connect with your county chapter. Again, we're in Erie County. There's one in Monroe and Wayne. We're looking for someone in Niagara and Setauqua. And from there, you can see our meetings. We specifically in Erie County meet the first Tuesday of every month in West Seneca. And uh, we are on Instagram and Facebook as well. Thanks again, Jackie. We appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. Thank and and don't forget, folks, if you want to hear that podcast with Stefan, Mike Lomas, and Lauren Fox, you can go to financialguysmedia.com. Um, full interview there, full podcast there, and all of our other podcasts, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays now, every week, Stefan. Yeah, and you're, you're going to want to check out that and listen to the entire podcast with uh, Lauren Fox, who is that uh, Orchard Park parent and a teacher because she had some phenomenal insight. And great thing about the podcast is there's, there's really no time constraints, yep. so to speak. So good stuff on the Financial Guys Media Network. Don't forget, folks, too, if you want to call in today, 844-434-4TFG, or you can text us, 716-817-0716. And again, if you need us throughout the week, 833-FINGUYS, financial planning, life insurance, home and auto insurance, business owner's insurance, uh, Medicare, health insurance. What am I missing, Stefan? Mike Hayflick and Social Security planning, college planning, Mike Shaver. I'm trying to think of all these things off the top of my head right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually opening an account for our son, Maxim, for uh, you know his godfather, my brother Dan, is opening up a, a college fund uh, for him. And, of course, I am using the financial guys. We are a one-stop financial shop, folks. Again, if you need us throughout the week, 833 Guys. If you want to look at our podcast, financialguysmedia.com. Short break, and we'll be right back with another guest here on the Financial Guys Media Network. All righty, welcome back. Financial Guys Media Network, Mike Sparaza, Stefan Mihailu in studio today. Stefan, we got a loaded second hour here of the show. We got Paul Pelosi, Project Veritas. Very excited to talk about that because that is quite the video that came out the other day. Um, what else we got in the second hour? Well, the most important thing, too, when it comes to uh, Kathy Hochul doubling down on her insistence that healthcare workers get the COVID vaccine and, incredibly important, 
Folks, do not miss this because you are going to get the chance to tell Kathy Hochul exactly what you think about her ban of gas stoves in New York State. We're going to have Erie County Legislator Jim Elchevsky. Uh, there is a petition going around to basically sign it to say, keep our gas stoves. Yeah, anytime you can get to Kathy Hochul and tell her how you feel, you got to do that. That is important because she is uh, she's running this state like she doesn't really care about its citizens and whether they stay or they leave stuff on. So we'll talk about that after as well. We do have another guest from our office here. He's actually on my team with the Home and Auto Division. Alec Toth is on with us. We're going to talk a little bit about business insurance today because I think everybody, we talk about home and auto all the time, so everybody thinks home and auto when we're talking financial guys and, and shopping around. But business insurance is just as important, and, and business can be someone's biggest asset. And if you're not protected properly, it can cause some serious issues. And, Alec, you've run into a, a recent situation where – uh, somebody was insured for a, a building they own, but it was not for the type of business they're running or not for the type of usage of that building. Yeah, Mike, yeah. So what happened was this guy had a uh, medical office that was 10 years ago. It was true. It was a medical office. Well, we dove into his policy. We took a look, and uh, it's still written that way, but he's, he's got three tenants living there now. So we actually reassessed it, and we, we ended up converting it over to a uh, personal line, but we had the uh, we had the ability to to assess it, talk to our underwriters, and make sure we place them in the, the correct policy with the correct coverage. And I think, folks, the problem there is, and, and Stefan, you've, you've gone through our process, so you understand this, asking questions and making sure you know things haven't changed over time, right? Every year, every two years, every five years, people's lives change, whether it be your financial planning, maybe you need to set aside more or less money in, in over time, life insurance, maybe you bought a certain amount one year in 2010 and now in 2023 it's different. You always need to reassess these things. And I think, Alec, what, what you're seeing day in and day out on, on the home and auto side and the business side is people don't look at these policies very often, do they? No, they, they truly don't. Uh, we, we do take a look at that. You're exactly right, Mike. Everything kind of changes in their life and what suited them five years ago, five, 10, whatever, how many time, long ago, it doesn't anymore. Uh, the whole situation's changed and they, they need to be replaced or maybe they just need to upgrade their coverages because the, their home coverage hasn't caught up with the, uh, the cost of materials and inflation. So we increase their coverage. We take a look and make sure they're covered properly in the event that they do ever need to lean on their insurance. Hey, Alec, this is Stefan, and in full disclosure, I am a customer of TFG Home and Auto. You know, two years in a row when I called Mike Sparaza and says, hey, I need, you know, uh, I want to shop around for insurance, and sure enough, every single year I'm getting better coverage and the price goes down. So what would you say to consumers, especially Buffalo, Rochester, about, sh number one, shopping local, about making sure that you keep your, your business dollars and you shop local here, but also, two, the level of customer service that, that you get with TFG Home and Auto compared to just going to the Google machine, find some national firm, and just plugging in a number for 15, 20 minutes? Yeah, so one of the things, we've, we've really identified a lot of the coverages that, that might cost just, just a little amount, but it adds and increases so much to your policies, for one. From the service side of things, too, you, you give us a call. You don't have to sit on the hotline or the 1-800 number and uh, sit there and wait on, on hold while your life's kind of falling apart there. You give us a call. We, we help you through that process. We guide you. We know exactly exactly what you need to do to get through that, that life event. And, Alec, tell us a little a little quick story before we let you go. I know you ran into somebody, it was this week or last week, that you ended up like doubling or tripling their home coverage and saving them a lot of money still. And I think that's, again, the power of shopping around and looking at your coverage, looking at your policies more than once every decade or two. 
Yeah, Mike. Yeah, so this was actually last week. And mentioned that he, he hasn't really shopped around for a good 10, 15 years. Uh, what ultimately happened was we ended up saving him 320 bucks for the year. And we actually increased his uh, replacement cost by uh, five hundred thousand dollars. That that took the pot. That's a, that's a record for us there. So it is uh, is a good experience to increase a home coverage by half a million dollars, and we're still saving three hundred bucks. And I want to stress that too. And, and Alec, thanks for joining us today. And I, I want to stress that too. Increasing coverage is not just to increase to, to get as much coverage as you can buy. It's to make sure you're covered properly. And sometimes, because of the inflation going on in our country, because of the cost of materials, because of the cost of builders, what you bought ten years ago may not be enough today. And that's what Alec ran into this week. And we really do have a great team. If you want to give us a call, you can work with Alec or Brett in our office. Eight three three Fin Guys or. 855 TFG Auto, and we have a great service staff with with Tatiana and Miranda, and actually my wife Sarah as well. So we are we are fortunate. We have a lot of great people here, and we would love to help you review your coverage, see if we can save you some money. Thanks again, Alec. Appreciate it. All right. Yeah. So go ahead. It it is so true though about whether it's an insurance policy contracts that you sign, or you know the the terms and conditions on downloading an app or going yeah. on the Google machine. Whoever does read, I oh, mean, right. the real fine print of that, but from an insurance perspective, I mean, you have to, yep. based yep. on what kind of coverage you get, because you're, you're never going to know what you need from an insurance perspective until you need it, until there's an accident, fire, things of that nature. And Stefan, we do have somebody on the line that has a question actually on business insurance. So while we're talking about it, I'm going to bring him up. Um, Sean, are you with us? Yes, I am. What's going on? How are you? Good. How you doing? We are I good. Have business insurance for my business. Each one of my trailers is sub. I have insurance on each one of my trailers individually from my vehicle. I have business insurance on my truck. They called me and canceled all my insurance, and I've never been in an accident. I call other insurance companies. They said New York State changed the laws. I can't have business insurance on my pickup truck. I have to go with a regular, regular homeowners insurance or a regular like regular insurance, but I wanted an upgrade because I'm always moving machines and I, and I have my own business and I had commercial insurance on my truck. They canceled me and dropped me without even telling me. So Sean, obviously good. Good. I've called other insurance companies and nobody will take me. They said it's all changed. So, so here's what I would advise you to do. Give us a call at the office, 833-FIN-GUYS. We can take a look. Obviously, not knowing the situation, I can't really speak to it on the air here of what exactly happened there, but we can absolutely take a look at that, take a look at trailers, take a look at vehicles. Um, it, it really depends per no, situation. No, Go ahead. No, I want, I want you to know that I've never been in an accident. I've never put in a claim. I never, I've been good with for like 15 years. I have 15, 20 years. I've never been in an accident, never done anything they just dropped me i don't know why hearing that is music to Spiraz's ears no accidents clean record <laughs> that's what i like to hear and sean that is a good thing and and obviously like i said what we can do is we can take a look look at what your old policies were look at what they sent you look at why they're saying they're dropping you we even can call the insurance company with you on the line as long as you give us permission to talk to them and see what happened and then we can take a look and see if we can put you in a better position yeah, because this means I can't do what I used to do because I haul over the road sometimes. During the week, I haul over the road, and now I can't do that because I don't have the business insurance on my truck. All right. You so know, I have to. 
what I'd recommend you do, Sean, only because we're coming up against a hard break here, give us a call at the office, 833-FIN-GUYS, or go to our website, tfghomeandauto.com. Our team will reach out to you, and we can do whatever we can to help you and, and fix the issue that you're having, okay? Okay, I'll call you on Tuesday. Thank you. You got it, Sean. right? The financial guys, that's right. And, yep. that's, and that's exactly why people need to go with a local business, someone yep. they can speak to, rather than just calling some you know random 800 number or going to the Google machine. And that goes for everything, too, folks. It's not just home and auto. It's not just business insurance. Life insurance, our department here at the office, our Medicare, independent AHIP-certified Medicare agents in our Medicare health insurance department, group health insurance and benefits, 401K programs, financial planning, Social Security planning, Mike Hayflick, and Ron Reinstein, make sure, folks, that you are talking to people that do this stuff every day because that's truly going to help you get to where you need to get to. You don't – look, we always say this with doctors, right, Stefan? You can go to Google and search about, oh, I think I have, I'm having a heart attack. Are you? I mean, right. here, here's a symptom of a heart attack, maybe, but you go to a doctor, right? You go to a professional to make sure that you're taken care of the way you need to be. I've got the arthritis <laughs> or a cold or a I terminal a, illness. I don't I know what's going sure. on. All right, we are coming up against a hard break. We will be back. You do not want to miss our segment here on the Paul Pelosi situation. And, and, and we're going to talk some Kathy Hulk when we get back. Do not turn that dial. Hour number two coming up. Time to talk money. We are the financial guys. It's a place where politics meets money. With local financial experts, Glenn Wiggle. This guy clearly looks like a dude. And Mike Lomas. The New York Times defending him. They said he was a stroke of genius. It's the Financial Guys radio program. As soon as some liberal who's sitting in his underwear eating Pop-Tarts in mom's basement goes, I don't like that show. And they hired him just because he dressed up like a girl. Here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. Break it down. Welcome back. That was the perfect open we needed there. Um, folks, Financial Guys Media Network, Mike Sparazza, Stefan Mahailu, we are back for hour number two. We played that song on purpose. Why, you may ask. And we also did not play the Glenn Wiggle uh, post on purpose where he talked about being in underwear because yep. hammers and underwear is the uh, topic of conversation. Yeah, they... Um, that Court's, sounds terrible. It sounds horrible. <laughs> it's going to try and scrub it from my brain for the yeah, next two weeks. Yeah. Um, but courts ordered that the video, horrific video, of the hammer attack on Paul Pelosi, husband of former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. They also released uh, the 911 call. And, and for quite some time, people were saying, look, just release the information. Release the 911 call. Release the video uh, to basically you know, talk about the fact that Let's just see what happened. There's a lot of, you know, an NBC report saying that Paul Pelosi opened the door and that he greeted police officers. And they finally released the video and the audio. Here is a portion of the 911 call, and you clearly hear that Paul Pelosi is in distress. He's almost like he's trying to speak in code to the 911 operator telling this person, hey, I'm in trouble, but I have a psychopath with a hammer that doesn't want me to make this call. He thinks everything's good. Uh, I've got a problem, but he thinks everything's good. Zero, uh, okay. Call us back if you need your mind. No, no, no. This, this gentleman just uh, came into the house uh, and he wants to wait here for my wife to come home. Zero, two, three, so, uh, four, and 48. Anyway, do, do you know who the person is? No, I don't know who he is. He, 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 uh, 
uh, he has his, he's telling me, he's, he's telling me not to, uh, he's telling me not to do anything. Friday, anyway, this, this gentleman says that uh, he thinks that everything ought to, you know, he, he told me to put the phone down and uh, just do what he said. Okay? Okay, who, what's the gentleman's name? I don't know. What's that? My name's David. Da the name is David. Okay, and who is David? I, I don't know. I, what's that? I'm a friend of theirs. Yeah, I, I, um, he says he's a friend, but... But you, don't, but you don't know who he is? No, no ma'am. Now, clearly he's in distress. I mean, yes, is it weird that the guy answers the door in his boxers and he's got a drink in his hand and the other guy is a hammer in his hand? But, you know, Crisis Communications 101. Tell it first, tell it fast, tell it yourself. If there is nothing supposedly wrong or anything bizarre about this scenario, why not just release it the day after? Yeah, and, and again, we don't, I mean, Stefan, you said this before we got on the air today. The, the video of what happened was obviously a man was assaulted. There's no fans or buts about it, right? It's like what we started the show with, right? What those police officers did was absolutely an assault and now a murder because that gentleman passed away. There's no if ands or buts about it. The difference with this story is things just aren't adding up, right? The phone call is very strange. The video is strange. He keeps a drink in his hand. They're kind of smiling. Just a lot of weird stuff, and to your point, Stefan, yeah, the easier solution would just be to come out with the information. And they fought this video coming out yesterday. They fought that. They didn't want that to come out. I mean, sunshine is always the best disinfectant. Whether you're talking about government or you're talking about something like this, you know, if you got nothing to hide, release the video. Just show it to the masses. And clearly he was under distress. I mean, yes, it, it is bizarre that you got a drink in the hand. And you're in your boxers when the police come to the door. But he was the victim of a violent, horrific attack. This guy's bonkers. Like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm friends with him. Like, no, no. So calm, too. Yeah, it's David. Yeah, it's David. <laughs> no, David, I don't know you. You got a hammer to my head. No, we are not friends. Uh, but clearly, you know, my take of the 911 call is he is trying to let the operator know there's something bad about to happen. But Dave with a hammer is sitting right next to him. And he's about to get clobbered. If Paul Pelosi goes too far and says, yeah, I'm under duress, this guy's kidnapping me, this guy is. I mean, that's the way I perceive the 911 call. Here's the only thing I would ask, and Stefan, you would know more of this, more about this than I would. You were in the public eye at one point, obviously you still are. But somebody like Paul Pelosi and Nancy Pelosi, the Obamas, the Clintons, Donald Trump and his family, you would think that they would have a working alarm system. You would think that they would have you know, I don't know, cameras everywhere. The Capitol Police. Yeah, Secret Service, whoever, right? You would think they would have that type of stuff. Why is it that, like, nothing was working again or that they didn't, like, nobody saw this guy? There was a video of this guy trying to break in, it looked like, months ago, months before this. It None of this stuff adds up to me. And it also goes to the, the fact that San Francisco is a hellhole. Well, no kidding. It is an absolute hellhole of crime, drugs, homelessness where and apparently this guy had like a, a you know a black lives matter flag outside of his house so yet again you know right away i remember this happening yeah, everyone yeah. talking about oh this is political it's right wing and then when that didn't fit the narrative it's like well okay let's talk about something else we're done here yeah because that <laughs> wasn't the case at all yeah you know i think a bigger picture is what is wrong with san francisco it is crime rampant i would i went to san fran in like 
2007 or 8 for a conference once. It was a beautiful city. I mean, there was homelessness, as you would every major city, but I cannot imagine going there right now. And folks, if you want to jump in on this conversation, 844-434-4TFG or text us 716-817-0716. And, and Stefan, I'm going to go back to that. Uh, it, it, it used to be, even a couple years ago, it felt like, oh, there's Portland again, burning. Oh, there's San Francisco again, drug-addled homelessness all over the street. Oh, there's New York City looting. In the... It's like coming to a neighborhood near you all across America now, though. Right. This is not any more like, oh, wow, that city is a disaster. Oh, man, that state's not doing so hot. It's everywhere. Buffalo, Rochester, New York City, Syracuse. I don't know if you've read about Syracuse this week. Um, you know, Baltimore, Chicago, New York City, wherever you name it, it's going on. Well, and that's the problem with no bail and yep. defunding the police. Yep. Like, careful what you wish for, folks, yep. especially those of you on the left that want to have a revolving door of criminals walk into a police precinct, they're charged, and boom, within minutes, and sometimes in cases committing a felony, you're back out on the street. So th there shouldn't be any kind of surprise or shock when you your entire agenda is to defund the police, put criminals back on the street. You know, in Buffalo, in the Elmwood Village, they're shocked that, you know, crime is now coming to their doorstep. Guess what? Reap what you sow. This is what you asked for. And by the way, who did Paul Pelosi call when he was in distress? <laughs> 911. Oh, oh, not the social worker. No, no, no. He called 911. Why? Because they could come and save him from the bad man with the hammer. So a social worker goes up to that door. Yeah. My wife is a social worker. My wife, Ashley, is an amazing social worker. And that's not a shot on social workers, by no! the way. No! By the way, that's But think shot. about it. Paul Pelosi, let's just say a social worker goes to that door. From a liberal perspective, you're dealing with someone with mental illness. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't have the police deal with him. Make sure it's a social worker. Can you imagine a social worker going to Paul Pelosi's door, having that conversation, yep. telling the guy to put the hammer down. They're clearly not listening or in a rational state of mind. And he starts swinging, and he did. Yep. Swing the hammer. Thank God the police were at that door because the guy was able to get one crack on Paul Pelosi, and those San Francisco police officers saved his life. I was just going to say, and don't think for one second that guy wouldn't have kept hammering down on his skull because he would have, right? If a social worker yeah. would have been at that door, yeah. Paul Pelosi would be dead. Unless your social workers are like Arnold Schwarzenegger and you have like 20 of them, you're in trouble, right? <laughs> yeah, and my wife's not in the UFC. <laughs> no, no, right, exactly. No, she's got a master's degree. She's super smart, way smarter than me, but... Uh, unless you have Frank Mir and a bunch of UFC Chuck Liddell, you're in trouble. No, but, but the San Francisco Police Department saved Paul Pelosi's life. Thank God we have police. Thank God. We have law enforcement. And you know what? You're right. The first time he was in trouble, he dialed 911. So, all of you left wing nut jobs that want to defund the police, ask Paul Pelosi how he's doing. You're able to ask him how he's doing. He's alive because of the police department. And by the way, rightfully so, he should have called the police. 100%. Right? And that's the thing. Again, I know you think everybody out there, the, uh, the, the liberal media that just can't stand us. The the people like Stefan and I, like Mike and Glenn, like Mike Hayflick, we all agree that there are issues in our country, right? And that some of these things, the answer is not just, oh, Paul Pelosi's a moron. No, that, that man doesn't deserve to be hit with a hammer, right? That man deserves the same respect that we would want. Although it was interesting, going back to it, though, going back to the actual video itself, 
Remember, an NBC reporter broke the story? Correct, yes. That Paul Pelosi was in his underwear, he answered the door, he had a drink in his hand. That reporter was correct. Yeah, he was. And yet still got suspended, and no one knows what the status is. Yep. Of. But he was 100% correct. And again, why why can't we just report the news? Right? Just like we are right now. We're not sitting here saying Paul Pelosi wasn't attacked. Of course he was. We're reporting what the video shows. Horrible. All, the only thing I'm questioning is, is the the dynamic behind this whole night right was the 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 police call which you just played for us Stefan then the cops showing up the smirks on both of their faces the drink in the hand just a very confusing setup there that's my only question of and where's the security is my other question knowing that this family has everything they could ever want and security and and, and cameras and all that stuff I mean my two takes thank God for the police yep thank God for the police we need to fully fund them in every way shape or form and let's not make sure that social workers respond to a crisis like that because police save yeah, for lives, everybody to say the least and san francisco is a crime ridden hell hell yes 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 it sure is all right folks we're going to go to a quick break we are going to come back and talk some kathy hochel next you do not want to miss that do not change that dial 833 fin guys if you want to call in today 844-434-4tfg excuse me or text us 716-817-0716. We'll be right back. Alrighty, Financial Guys Media Network, Mike Sparaza, Stefan Mihailu. 40 minutes to go, Stefan. We are going to jump now into New York's favorite, Kathy Hochul here today. You know, not Erie County's favorite because she didn't do very <laughs> well in her race for governor against Lee Zeldin here uh, in Erie County. I could not believe her comments on the COVID vaccine requirements for healthcare workers. Now, New York State Supreme Court, they ruled that the COVID-19 vaccine mandate for healthcare workers basically is null and void. But Governor Hochul is doubling down. <laughs> she claims, I could not believe it, that hiring unvaccinated healthcare workers is not the right answer. Even though the courts basically said, the New York State Department of Health, they basically overreached on their health law, uh, New York State may appeal, but this is exactly what she said when it comes to still insisting that healthcare workers get a vaccine. Technical difficulties. There we go. Now, it's absolutely insane because Kathy Hochul is basically saying, well, wait a minute. You know, it's poisonous to have unvaccinated healthcare workers treat people in a hospital. Where was she when Governor Cuomo was sending seniors? stricken with COVID back into nursing homes, back into hospitals around then healthy seniors. It was a death sentence for thousands and thousands of senior citizens. It was a death sentence for the elderly, Governor Cuomo, and then Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul's position of sending seniors stricken with COVID back into nursing homes and back into hospitals. I don't understand the logic. I, I really, what I struggle with the most, Stefan, is just now we have a three-year body of work with this virus, right? We are now at year three, essentially, in about two weeks. They just can't give it up. No matter what happens, Stefan, no matter what data comes out, no matter what, you know, people are feeling health-wise and nursing, they just can't give it up. No matter what they do, they have to keep pushing the narrative of, you need to be vaccinated, you need to be vaccinated, you need to be vaccinated. There's no other way around it. And to me, I, I don't know why people even still listen to people like her. We, we know that people that aren't vaccinated are living and fine. Do we not? Is that not proven yet? I mean, my baby, our youngest baby, Victoria, had COVID. 
Our entire family had it at the same time. It was a rough flu for two days, and then we got over it. Now we all have natural immunity. There is zero chance I'm going to vaccinate our baby because you know why? She has the best immunity possible, natural immunity. I don't understand. Think, think of Governor Hochul's logic. Unvaccinated healthcare workers are poison and cannot be in a hospital around patients. Then why the hell did they send seniors stricken with COVID back into nursing homes? They literally killed the elderly during the height of the COVID crisis. That was perfectly healthy and fine. But now you're denying the opportunity for nurses, emergency personnel to actually have a job. They are poison. But it was a great idea to send seniors with COVID back into nursing homes. And I will say this, Devon. I, I, we talked about this preparing for the show a little bit. Who else? Another person that's disappointed me, I should say, is Donald Trump on this on this topic. I have been a Donald Trump supporter, and I, I agree with a lot of what Donald Trump does. This COVID issue, he is doubling down just like the rest of them are on the vaccine. I think I know why he's doing that, because he feels like he, he helped create the vaccine, and he, it can't be wrong. But we, we got to give it up. We got to give it up. If you want to get vaccinated, spoiler alert, you can. If you want to wear a mask in your car by yourself, you can. If you want to walk down Main Street in Williamsville with a mask on, with nobody within one million feet of you, be my guest and do that. You have that right. But stop telling people like Mike Sparaza, if you don't get vaccinated, you're going to kill grandma and you're going to kill the rest of the world. It's just not true. No. I mean, look, if you want 75 boosters, go to the drugstore and get all boosted up. God bless you. God bless America. If that's your choice, that's wonderful. But mark my words, Kathy Hochul and the Democratic Socialists in New York State are going to make it a mandate and a requirement for children to attend schools, any school in New York State, that they have the COVID vaccine. And here's the problem you're going to run into. You're going to do that. You're also going to let boys go pee in girls' bathrooms. And you're going to let a lot of other things go, like people going on school field trips together and sleeping wherever and probably with whoever they want. You are going to be losing more and more people in this state. Every day that goes on, you're going to keep losing people by putting in things like this into into effect. You know, vaccinations for children going to schools, letting kids go wherever they want in schools. And, Stefan, to our next guest, banning gas stoves in this state. You're just going to, everybody's going to be moving right down to Florida, right down to Texas, right down to wherever. But that's by design. That is by design. Yeah. You don't think it's any accident that Kathy Hochul said, hey, conservatives, Republicans, yeah. you're not welcome in New York State. Go to Florida. They're doing this by design. Look at the recent data from um, the DMVs in Florida and New York State. A record number, 67,000 people last year changed their driver's license and registration from New York to Florida. That at the end of the day, they're going to drive all of us Republicans, all of us free thinkers. It's not even yep. from a political perspective, free yep. thinkers. They're driving us out of New York State yep. to more free states yep. like Florida, North Carolina, Texas. Why? Because they want to create a socialist republic in New York State, and they're damn near close to creating it. Before we go to our 2.30 break, let's bring on John from Rochester. John, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the, the controversy in the Orchard Park schools. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I just wanted to uh, talk about that, plus the, the role that the media has in all this. You guys started out with uh, the Orchard Park schools, the transgender controversy, uh, the anti-police movement, the uh, climate change issue, now the covid and I'll tell you, all this is generated, this, this information and 
disinformation, misinformation generated by the media. It, and I've said it many times. In Buffalo, you got the Buffalo News, Rochester, you got the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle. Both of those publications use the Washington Post, the New York Times, the Associated Press, USA Today, uh, the uh, Gannett. Uh, it's it's so biased and a lot of disinformation, misinformation. Then, then you've got the NPR stations here, one in Ro- run Rochester being the uh, WXXI, that throw this misinformation, disinformation about all these issues, including the transgender issue. Ron, they're trying to demonize Ron DeSantis down in Florida over this, calling it the Don't Say Gay Bill, which is absolutely disinformation lies. They tell lies over and over. They use the Saul Alinsky tactic. You tell a lie over and over and over again, which the media does. It becomes the truth. And it's the media is at fault. And I'm a, I'm a former Democrat. And I'm not defending the Democrats at all, believe me, uh, because uh, they're not being truthful. But if the media did their job, they, they would be ridiculed. And that's the point I wanted to make, guys. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, we, we love your thoughts, and we greatly appreciate you calling in. We've got a hard break to make right now. But, yeah, but you know what? Thankfully, you've got the Financial Guys Media Network. That You have a counterbalance to all of that left-wing media. Yeah, and, and we'll come back and make a quick comment before we go to our next interview after the break, Stefan, because, John, I, I totally agree with you. The, the media is the root of all evil in this country right now, and they continue to go. But I, I want to hit a quick break, Stefan. I don't want to get in trouble here. Uh, if you need us throughout the week, 833-FIN-GUYS. If you want to text in, 716-817-0716. We will be right back for the last half hour. Electric Avenue. And then we'll take it higher. Oh, we're going to rock down to Electric Avenue. And then we'll take it higher. Welcome back. Thank you to our DJ and producer, Pam, coming up with the great tunes for each segment here. Uh, for those of you that don't know, that's Electric Avenue. And why are we listening to Electric Avenue, Stefan? Oh, because good old Kathy Hochul and Joe Biden and all of these wacko left-wing lunatics want to replace gas stoves in New York uh, State and the country, for that matter, with electric. Stefan, I asked this question, and we can maybe ask our next guest this question when, when he gets on, but... We had issues with a recent blizzard, Stefan, with electric and power during a recent blizzard. What's going to happen when that happens again? It's Buffalo. Do you know how many more people would die in an emergency in a blizzard if you got rid of gas generators, gas stoves, furnaces. gas heat furnaces? I mean, New York uh, City bought electric garbage trucks with a plan of putting uh, plows in the front. They, How's that working? And not at all. <laughs> they spent half a million dollars on these garbage trucks, and they don't work. And so, you know, a, a big point, too, uh, Mike Lawler, he is a New York congressman. He's a congressman from New York City. He makes an excellent point. He basically talks about the fact that, like, wait a minute. You can't throw out the baby with the bathwater. You just can't all of a sudden say, you know what? We're going to replace all natural gas entities and machinery and things of that nature and and then we're just going to replace it all with electric why because it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever to do that the problem is that 60 percent of new yorkers rely on natural gas 70 percent of our electricity is generated by natural gas while we absolutely embrace the move to reduce carbon emissions, 
The reality is natural gas has reduced carbon emissions far greater than renewables over the last two decades. We need a comprehensive energy plan and portfolio that is in all of the above approach. We need clean, cheap, reliable energy. Natural gas plays a critical role in doing that. And while this is a huge issue at the federal and state level, it's now being discussed at the county level. Joining us now on the live line is Jim Alchevsky. Uh, don't hold it against him. He's a friend and fellow Elma resident. He's an Erie County legislator. And he's here to talk about a petition that's been uh, produced at the legislature about letting Kathy Hochul know exactly how folks feel about banning natural gas and gas stoves. Jim, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, thank you very much. Good afternoon, Stefan. Good, af good afternoon, Mike. Uh, pleasure to be here. So what is your what is your just your first reaction? We'll get to the petition in a minute, Jim, but you're a legislator. Uh, as an elected official, what is your first reaction when folks like Kathy Hochul, Joe Biden say, you know what, we are going to basically uh, use all electric and we're going to ban uh, natural gas and stoves in future buildings? Uh, the initial, you know, reaction right off the top of my head is this is a classic overreach and control by the government. Um, look, looking at the big picture, it's a case of politicians turning the screws on personal freedoms. And then when it comes to this petition, explain uh, for folks exactly what this is. There's a petition that's going around now that basically, you know, letting Kathy Hochul know exactly what they feel. Tell, uh, tell our loyal listeners about your petition. Well, on Thursday, January 19th, um, my colleagues and I put forth a, a, a petition, a resolution um, against Kathy Hochul's actions. And um, when, when it was brought forth, obviously there's two sides to the legislature. To, to the legislature. Um, I didn't know exactly how it would be taken by the other side, and um, it, it just kind of lays out that it's irresponsible. It's ridiculous. Um, the other side... The other side accepted it. Um, I don't want to say with open arms, um, but it did pass with an, with an 11 to 0 vote. And they had four or five uh, little minor things that they wanted changed in there. And uh, with the discussion between our caucus, uh, we felt um, that instead of nitpicking, um, the common sense approach to this whole thing was to make a few of the minor adjustments that they wanted uh, in the best interest of the residents uh, to move this forward. And, Jim, this is Mike Sparaza. Quick question, I guess, because I've never been in a room that, that has a, a debate or discussion about something like this. But if someone like you is to say, hey, we just had a blizzard three weeks ago or four weeks ago, and people died and, and, and they didn't have heat in their house or whatever, what are we going to do when the power grid is down because of the extreme cold and people don't make it and they don't have heating sources? What, what is their response to that? Well, exactly. Um, when you look right now, many people are relying on the gas not just to heat their home, but as power went out, it was it gave people the ability to feed their families also. And that's really something that's not talked about over here. Um, I've been a contractor for 30 years. I know what goes into houses. I know that there's a much different um, – there, there's a much different – um, attack on houses in the city of Buffalo than there is out in out in the town of Clarence in the new ones, and the cost to upgrade this would just be astronomical. Something that the average resident just couldn't afford. 
And, and Jim, even on a personal note, you and I live in Elma. We, we live uh, in close proximity to one another. I mean, Jim was very gracious when he heard that my family uh, lost power, you know, talked about having my family over to his house. You know, he basically gave me like a massive amount of firewood to keep my family warm. You know, so, Jim, I'm glad you talked about the fact that, look, you know, having natural gas and things of that nature literally save lives you know, during the blizzard, my family included, that we were able to keep our gas generator going. But I want to talk about homes. And you touched on that a little bit just now. You are in the private sector. You work with that. What kind of potential negative impact will it have that new builds has to basically scrap natural gas and gas stoves and have to go electric? Well, it's to me, a simple statement here is the state wants to dictate how you heat your home, how you cook your food, how, how you drive with their proposal, you know, eat with electric cars, and how fast you drive. That's just, that's an overreach, as I said at the beginning. And, you know, if you take a common sense approach to, govern, to government, you'll know that it's irresponsible just to have one energy source. Jim, and I'm going to dive into that and expand on that a little bit. So, you mentioned before, obviously, you being a contractor, you know the cost of things, and the city of Buffalo having to replace this stuff is not cheap. I'm going to go back to my conversation that you may have with these people. When you say, hey, guys, um, that sounds great. Let's go all electric. However, we have to replace every gas stove, every gas furnace, every gas appliance, whatever it may be. Um, this is what the XYZ and cost would be. Are they just saying, yeah, we'll pick that up, or it's on the homeowner, it's on the landlord, it's on the state, it's on the county? Like, who's paying for all this? Because I have a feeling I know the answer, and it's going to be people like you and me. Oh, absolutely. And this is a classic case of you're bringing things forward with an idea, and you're going to fill in all the questions at a later date. Um, There hasn't been any discussion on who's paying for this or how it's being paid for. Um, But you know as well as I do that it's just going to be pushed down, you know, the the taxpayer ladder. Um, Three out of five homes in New York State are heated with natural gas. And a quarter of the other houses are heated with, you know, fuel oil and petroleum stuff. All of that would be gone. So, Jim, uh, this is Stefan. Where can people sign this petition? Where can people find it in their opposition to the ban of gas stoves? Uh, well, since we put this forward, um, I, I have a uh, legislator, James Malcheski Facebook page, which was just started about a week ago. And uh, just a couple days ago, we filmed a nice video piece at the beginning. And if you go to the legislator, James Malcheski page, you will see a link right there where you can click on fill out the petition. Um, our whole caucus is very actively involved in this, and the more people... Um, that we hear from, um, the more that you have to be able to, to give to the higher-ups. Uh, Rob Ort has been very active in this on the state side, and he's been a great friend to us with this. So, um, you know, anything we can pass on to him goes a long way. Okay, sounds good, buddy. That is Erie County Legislator Jim Elchevsky, my neighbor in Elma. Don't hold it against him. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Greatly appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Stefan. Have yourself a great day. You too. Thanks, Jim. And Stefan, this is why I, you know, Mike and Glenn say this all the time, and I, the more I've heard them say it, the more I've lived in my life, the more I've realized how right they are. This is why you can't have leaders that can't run a lemonade stand, as Mike and Glenn would say, right? Let them organize a two-car funeral. I mean, 
understanding business is so important. And that doesn't mean you need to be a business owner to, to be a politician. I'm just making a point. Understanding the cost of things, paying people, paying for products, getting the job done, you know, transitioning from one thing to the next. Like, these are all things that you need to understand if you're going to make these laws. And what Jim just told us was they have no idea how they're going to enact this and actually make it happen other than just creating a law to say it has to happen. And I got a funny personal story about Jim. It's actually kind of hilarious, actually. It goes back to <laughs> Ashley and I, one of our first dates. So Jim's got a private business. Yep. He run, He's a contractor, puts in uh, porches, decks. But he also used to run security at Darien Lake for concerts. So when Ashley and I first started dating, you know how cheap I am. Dude, I'm cheap. <laughs> I am. I still have my communion money. So this is, you know, way back when when you had to order tickets, like, and you actually got mailed tickets. So Dave Matthews was coming. It was on StubHub or something, and they were supposed to mail me tickets. I never got the tickets. I'm freaking out. And I'm like, I got to impress Ashley. They were like 10th row, super expensive. I get them. They're in the handicap section. Oh, boy. Yeah. So I'm like, I can't do this with a clear conscience. So I called Darien Lake. I'm like, I cannot sit here. Can you imagine how bad that would be? <laughs> so I go to Darien Lake as the Erie County Controller. I'm with Ashley. I'm in a hat, like disguise, sunglasses. <laughs> I'm like, please, no one. See. Because they told me, go and then see someone in security and they'll move you. Right. So I get there. Within three seconds, I get a text. Hey, jerk, what are you doing standing in the handicap check? <laughs> and it was Jim. He recognized me. And, of course, they took care of me. They put me somewhere else. And so I, I told him and Ashley that night, I'm like, it all goes downhill after this. <laughs> We're going to be sitting in the lawn because I'm just doing this to impress you. Yeah. So that's my funny Jim Melchewski story. He's a, good, he's a very good egg. When he found out that we, we lost power in Elma, again, yep. you know, we talked. And he was, hey, you know, come on over to the house. He, you know, heard that we ran out of firewood. He basically gave me his entire stock, and so he's a very good egg. But, again, just imagine that now on a macro level of a whole county or a whole state, stuff on being without power. If it you freaked me out. If you don't have a wood-burning fireplace or you can't just make a fire in your backyard, what are you going to do? It freaked me out. We have young kids. We have a baby in our home and right, a right. four-year-old and a three-year-old. We had no power, well, nothing. This was my fear. Now I'll say this because now I, I do have a baby, but – Sarah was eight and a half months pregnant during that storm. If I don't have a way to heat the house, or, I mean, I could lose my wife and my future kid. It's just so it's so backwards and, and, and just unbelievable that, that leaders just – and it's not just New York, folks. I know we pick on Kathy Hochul and Mark Polonkars all the time. It's not just New York, right? You go look at Gavin Newsom in California. That guy's preaching electric vehicles, electric, electric vehicles excuse me, and his state can't even run the charging stations. Without having a grid issue. You can't throw out the baby with the bathwater. You just cannot eliminate it altogether. Like, at the very beginning, at the height of the invention of electricity, when Edison turned on the light bulb, did local leaders back then say, hey, everybody, we are now going to basically cancel the use of candles, yeah. the cancel the use of oil, and we're going all electric. No. Why? Because it wasn't ready yet. I'm all for finding alternative sources. Me too. Yeah. Solar or anything else, yeah. but you just can't. Stop immediately because the system isn't ready. The grid isn't ready yet. And people will die. Literally. So, yeah, during blizzards or things of that nature if you don't have, right now, a balance of electric and natural gas. All right, folks, we're going to go to our last break here. If you want to hop on for the last segment, 844-434-4TFG. Text us, 716-817-0716. Don't forget about our podcast, Mike and Mahilu on the TFG podcast on Tuesdays. The original Mike and Glenn Wednesdays and Mike Hayflick and I on Thursdays. Follow us on Twitter at FinGuys. I'm at Speraza, S-P-E-R-R-A-Z-Z-A underscore T-F-G. 
Stefan Mahailu. I'm not even going to go in his spelling of his name. It's just too difficult. And follow us and like us on Facebook and Instagram, The Financial Guys. Last segment coming up. Don't turn that dial. Alrighty, Financial Guys Media Network, Mike Sparaza, Stefan Mahailu. Final segment today. Um, Stefan, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about how much uh, Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bengals, I should say, are just getting to be too much these days. Too cocky for me. Well, and there was a Buffalo Bills fan, and she was giving the one-finger salute to one of the Cincinnati Bengals players who was just making a horrific lewd gesture to Buffalo Bills fans. And, and the first thing I thought of, there was a lot of single men across Bills Mafia who says, yep, Right there's my future ex-wife. <laughs> Love that lady. And, uh, yeah, I, I just I can't watch football. It's just so heartbreaking after the way the Bills lost that season. And, lo- and I'm just – I don't even know who to cheer for anymore. I really don't. Yeah, I'm going to go, I think, with, uh, with San Francisco only because um, I do think their story with their rookie quarterback that just came off the bench like six weeks ago is cool. And he's Mr. Irrelevant, the last yeah. person taken yeah. in the NFL draft. Yeah, uh, yeah so I, I just, it just pains me to watch yeah. football. And look, the yeah. Sabres are doing a lot they better. They played tonight, actually. Yeah. I know, but yeah. it's so hard, though. Like, aren't you sick and tired of basically saying, okay, now it's on to the Sabres? Like, how, yeah, no, how does it right not go on to the Sabres? No, that does hurt. I, I, I don't disagree with you there. Well, a, lot of, a lot of changes there, a lot of changes in Washington. I, in me personally, it drove me crazy. And I know a lot of people on the right, like, gave Kevin McCarthy a hard time about his election for speaker. There was multiple votes. But I, I always said all along, Kevin McCarthy is going to be speaker. Whether you have one votes or a thousand votes, he's going to be speaker. It's hard enough to battle Democrats in this country, especially in New York State and Erie County, where we're outnumbered two to one. We can't waste time fighting each other. You know, don't let, you know, basically, you know, perfect be the enemy of good. It's like Kevin McCarthy's a speaker, and now there's good things happening. He's making sure that Democrats are not serving on certain committees. I'm sorry. My favorite thing ever with, with that topic is, is Eric Swalwell being upset that he was removed off of whatever committee he was on. This is the same guy that was sleeping with a Chinese spy, and he thinks it's unfair that he was removed from a committee. You can't make this stuff up with these guys. Right. I mean, it literally a national security threat. He had a relationship with a spy, literally a spy whose mission, whose job was to manipulate him and do damage to the United States of America. And he's and whining. Right, and he's whining, you know, sucking his thumb in the fetal position. Why am I not on this committee? Well, maybe your behavior threatened the United States of America. And to the victor go the spoils. I can't believe Democrats are complaining about being not being on committees. Well, guess what? You lost an election. Right. You lost. Right. This is what happens in the United States of America in our republic. And and I mean, I I I was tough on Kevin McCarthy. And one thing I will say is, I'm glad he's doing this because if he didn't, people like me would have been all over him for this, right? You need to get these people off. And and another one is Adam Schiff. Like, he's no choir boy either, right? He's made a lot of mistakes and done some dumb things with national security. I, I mean, we, we and, and it's not just, you know, we talk about, look, at it's on the right too, with George Santos just lying uncontrollably. This stuff, we, we need to get honest, and I, this might be impossible, but honest politicians that are there for their constituents, not for themselves. And a more educated and active electorate. Yes, correct. Elections have consequences. If you look at the People's Republic of New York, we have democratic socialists. They're not even hiding anymore. They are absolute socialists who are members of the New York State Senate who control that body. 
New York State Democrats control the New York State Assembly. Kathy Hochul, a Democrat. We have one-party rule in New York State. And what is happening? People are leaving in record numbers. Businesses are closing. Taxes are going up. Government spending is going up. And their number one priority right now is banning gas stoves and banning natural gas. But you get what you elect. And, Stefan, to that point, we actually have a caller on natural gas. But I want to, before him, I want to go to, we got a message into our, I believe it's our Instagram, I think. But this individual is saying, here's my question with the Democrats regarding natural gas. So now we take away our gas. She needs oxygen, okay, and the oxygen is run by electric. What happens when the electric goes out? And people that are on oxygen can't have their oxygen because they can't plug into anything. Call then Kath- what do you do? Call Kathy Hochul because she will still have her gas stove. Or better yet, New York State is building a new stadium for the Buffalo Bills. Guess what they're heating that new stadium with for the turf? Natural gas. Yeah, no kidding. And and don't call the police, folks, because we want to – when I say we, I don't want this to go – somebody will cut this up. New York wants to just defund them too, so don't call the police – and, and don't call the bills because they won't give it to you. And don't call Kathy Hoke because she won't give it to you. You're just left to die, essentially, in New York State. That's what it is. Call a social worker. Call a social worker. All right, we're going to go to one more phone call. Stefan, we have Gary on the line. Gary, I know you wanted to comment on natural gas. What's going on? Well, I, you know, you guys are talking about the, uh, you know, the change in appliances and things of that nature. One thing that everybody's not talking about, and it's going to impact the every family that has, you know, let's say in the city of Buffalo, there's a lot of older homes that only have 60-amp service. Well, now you're going to have to upgrade your electrical service to handle all these electrical appliances, and you're going to have to run wiring for a lot of those because they're 220, 220-volt appliances. So now on top of having to buy these appliances and things that are, are all electric, you're going to have to spend a lot of money in your internal infrastructure to support that function. And then go ahead and throw on your electric car charger. <laughs> it, it, it's, uh, people aren't paying attention to that. And I think, you know, the residents have to take into account that on top of the appliance costs, there's going to be an infrastructure, internal infrastructure to their home in order to support electronic or, excuse me, electric appliances. And, Gary, just in that break, I just said to Stefan, you know, Mike and Glenn have always said, you know, some of these politicians can't run a lemonade stand. And, and this is the exact example of that, right? They have zero business savvy right. or sense to say, okay, this, this is what we want to do. How are we going to get there? They don't care about how to get there. They just care about what the end goal is. And you can't run a business that way. You can't run your house that way with your family. And you certainly can't run your government that yeah. way. Yeah, just imagine trying to heat your – okay, I'm talking electric now. Heat your house, uh, cook on the stove. Put clothes in the dryer. Uh, you know your electric bill is going to. Your meter is going to be spinning off the walls. Kind of like putting gas in your car right now, <laughs> or, or buying eggs. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, buddy. <laughs> Gary, you know anyway, what? You, I just, go ahead. Buddy. Yeah, I just want people to be aware of that. The impact is just not in the overall buying of the appliances. The ability for you to install those appliances in your home and support your required power limits. Yeah, that's a great, great, excellent point that I never thought of. You know, everybody thinks of the the big grid not being sustainable. What about the grid of your own home? Yeah, it's a great and, point. And, and Stefan, it's it's the same argument that like, okay, eggs are more expensive. Well, what is that? What does that mean? Okay, well, 
everything you cook is with eggs. So now all your meals become more expensive because eggs are more expensive. Restaurants, right? If bread and cheese are more expensive, well, pizzerias don't have to charge more. And it's not just hitting you at home. It's hitting you everywhere. If gas is more expensive, getting goods to supermarkets then goes up. All these things. It is. And, Gary, thank you very much for your call and for making that point. It's, uh, it's much appreciated. Thank you. So, Stefan, we got about two minutes. Any any final thoughts here? Yeah. I mean, a lot of final thoughts. Do we have two more hours to talk for the show? Uh, I always stress, again, you know, we talk about elections having consequences. Get out. Get registered to vote. A lot of important elections are taking place at the local level this year in 2023. Get registered to vote. Get active and elect like-minded Republicans, conservatives, and people who think like us. And we look forward to bringing you some more conservative-minded material, folks. Don't forget about our podcast network, FinancialGuysMedia.com. We have three podcasts a week. We also place the radio show on there. Follow us on Twitter at FinGuys. Like us on Facebook and Instagram, The Financial Guys. Um, don't forget, too, if you need us throughout the week, 833-FINGUYS, financial planning, life insurance, Medicare and group health insurance, auto and home insurance. You heard from Alec earlier today on business insurance. Um, Social Security planning, college planning, you name it, we are a one-stop financial shop. Don't forget, if you want to text us, too, just for some fun, 716-817-0716. And thank you, Pam, our producer. And well done, Pam, and our DJ today, too. Thank you, and we'll see you next week, folks.